In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash artofman and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash artofman, A-R-T-O-F-M-A-N, podsurvey.com slash artofman. Thanks for your help. Brett McKay here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So have you ever encountered families, I'm sure you have, where they're just like, they just have a deal. They just seem so happy and like they're perfect. And like you get in there because you, you're kind of suspicious. They're like, there's something going on here. Maybe it's just all a facade. And you get in there and you realize, no, like these people, this family is like actually, a, they love each other. They're happy and they enjoy being around each other. It's not to say they don't have trials and setbacks and they're, you know, that they're perfect, but they're able to manage those trials and the stress and the setbacks that, you know, any family encounters. What is it about these families that make them so happy and so just together? Well, our guest today wanted to investigate that question. His name is Bruce Feiler, and he wrote a book called The Secrets of Happy Families. Today, we're going to talk about what he uncovered writing the book and talking to families and talking to experts and what the research says, what we as fathers can do to create a positive family culture. We're going to discuss what we can learn from businesses that we can apply to our family, what we can learn from GORUCK challenges. Uh, we're a big fan of, of the GORUCK challenge here at the Art of Manliness. And we're also going to discuss whether family dinner is really all that important uh, in creating a positive, together, happy family. So if you're a dad or you plan on becoming a dad one day, this episode is for you. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So let's do this. Bruce Feiler, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. So uh, what inspired you to research and write a book about what makes a happy family? Well, my wife, how's that for manly, right? I'm going to begin by quoting my wife. <laughs> like My wife insists that I always say that I wrote about happy families, not because I had one, but because I wanted one. Uh, and that's true. I think that what happened uh, for me was what happened for many people was that I felt sort of lost and confused and overwhelmed. Specifically in our case, we had gotten through what I call the years of defense, right? Those early years when it was, when you're just reacting to what's happening, right? So it's diapers and sippy, sippy cups and potty training and napping and snacking and all these things. And you get through that and you know, your kids are sort of a certain age. And then you do have this sort of window of time where you can develop a, a family culture but while there's so much focused on the young years, and even to a certain extent there's a lot focused on the teenage years, there's actually not a lot focused on that sort of middle period. And, and, and really it, it, it turns out to go much longer than that. So I was interested in this idea of, of how you make sure that your family works and your kids are even attached to the idea of family. I mean, speaking of my wife, she hates when I talk about Neanderthals. Let me just talk about Neanderthals for a second. I mean, human beings have something that no other species on Earth has, which is this very large window of time after our after uh, 
kids are weaned, but before they can reproduce. Every other species on Earth, literally, once they stop uh, weaning, they can have children of their own. Humans don't. We have this extra decade in there, and the reason is is because we're social. Our brains have to grow, and we have to learn to sort of get along with other people. And so that's the window. I sort of think of it as sort of from potty training to the prom, right, from the first step to the first kiss, where you have this chance to make sure you are a family. And I had no clue, uh, really, about how to do that, and so I wanted to go find out. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm, when you talked about the defensive stage, I'm right in the middle of that right now. <laughs> it will this too shall pass this too shall pass it's good it's good to know okay well tolstoy famously famously said that all happy families are alike and each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way is that true i mean did you find some common characteristics um that happy families have well i when i first encountered that actually i was a, a teenager when i first uh read that and, and my reaction and this is a technical word was that it was idiotic. Of course, all happy families are not alike, right? Some are big, some are small, some are loud, some are quiet. But I have to say, you know, because of the sort of the way the world works now, right? We live in this age where there's there's tons of research and thinking and sort of ways of looking at sort of large-scale patterns. I think that there is a lot of truth to that, that there are certain things we know now about how to handle discipline or difficult conversations or how... Or, or any of the things that parents face, even the role of dads, I think is a really sort of under-discussed question. It's possible now to draw some conclusions. Now, and I should say here, when I set out doing this, when I sort of set out looking uh, for ways to make my own family work better, I insisted, I mean, I screamed it like as loud as I could. I am not going to take everything that I know and cram it into one of those lists of the seven things, the six or five or ten things you knew, you know, to, you know, how to, how to make your family happier. I, I don't know about you, and look, I guess on the web we do this a lot now, but I can't stand those lists. I, yeah. usually, I usually disagree with number seven, and I forget number five, and I think, you know, my kids will never go to college. But it turned out when I sort of have been doing this for years now, I've been writing this column in the New York Times for five years now, and, and happy families and, and meeting people around the country and talking, et cetera, I actually do think that there are certain patterns that I uncovered, and so I ultimately did create what I kind of call my my non-list list of the things that high-functioning families have. It's not a I'm not wagging my finger and saying you must, but these are sort of certain things that do come up over and over again. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about a few of those uh, things that come up over and over again. Some of the the things you found that research has shown that helps a family be happy. And what's interesting, a lot of these things come from like places you wouldn't think they would come, like the world of business. Um, so that one thing I thought was just fascinating was this idea of applying agile development uh, to your family. Uh, for those who aren't, can you explain just for our listeners who aren't familiar what agile development is and then how do you, you can apply that to uh, your family organization? Well, so let's, let's start with the list, right? So what sure. is the first thing that high-functioning families have in common, okay. they adapt all the time. Now, this is completely counter to how I was as a dad. And I think that, by the way, dads are particularly susceptible to this, right? So when I became a father, it was like, okay, uh, uh, I'm going to set a few rules, and I'm going to have hard principles, and we're going to stick to that, and I'm going to have to be sort of tough, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Well, guess what? It doesn't work out that way, right? Things are changing all the time. One of my favorite lines... Uh, uh, it's from a, a friend of mine who who's a dad who has 
four, at one point had four kids under six. His first one is now going to college, so this goes back. And he said, and I just love this, he said, with, with kids, everything is a phase, even the good parts, <laughs> right? So just when you're used to diapers, then they learn to potty train. And just when you, you're used to potty training, then they go to school. And just when you, you got the school routine, then they add homework. And just when you got that done, then they add sports, you know, and then they add the internet, and then they add cell phones, and then they add screens and video games. And sort of you're constantly having to adapt. And, of course, now we have uh, these other big changes in the family, right? So you've got three-quarters of moms are working outside the home. And now – dads are much more involved in parenting than they ever were before. I mean, just the idea that, you know, that the that, that two men would be having this conversation about parenting, really unthinkable 25 years ago. And yet, it's sort of the standard way it works now. So there's all these changes that are going on. So how do you manage that change? Because what you're, there's a great line, you know, you run a, this great website, and let me just say I'm a big out loud here on your podcast. I'm I just love what you guys are doing and, and visually and the questions you're asking. I'm a big fan, so I'm really happy to be here. But one of the things they say in the, in the, in the Internet space is if you're doing the same thing today that you were doing six months ago, you're doing the wrong thing. So you want to be able to change. This week, grandma's coming. Next week, mom has a business trip. The next week, junior has a big sports game and he's got to get ready. And then the following week, someone's got a big test. You need to be able to be adaptable. But if you adapt every single day, your head will explode. Okay? So how do you solve that problem? Okay? This is where Agile comes in. Okay? So Agile is an idea. It began in Japan 25 years ago. Sort of it came to the U.S. And now it's really sort of sweeping through businesses. So GE to Google to TED, lots of people are doing this. And the core idea is that at, the way things used to work in business, and by the way, and in the government and in the military and on sports teams, was the leader in charge would issue orders and they would trickle down to everybody below. Okay, that, was, that process is called the waterfall. We all know it. Nothing has been more waterfall than the family, right? The dad, you know, 100 years ago, dads owned moms and owned children. Literally, that's how it was. Now we know moms are involved and increasingly our kids have a say. That didn't work. In business, it, it basically failed, and now things are done very differently. Even the military, sports, we know it just simply works differently. But families are kind of the last to catch on with this, and a lot of families have begun to change, and that's really what the Secrets of Happy Families really taps into is this change. So with a couple of principles of Agile really work in the family. One is you need to be talking all the time, right? So one of the things in Agile is you want to have – a, uh, an information radiator is what the Agile term for it, which is a big display in an office that says who's doing what. When I visit this family, as you know, my book, it's a great story about in, in Idaho and the mom would come down in the morning and their four kids would come down, make themselves breakfast, check their list of things they had to do, you know, put their dishes in the dishwasher, check the list again, feed the cat or put the, you know, make themselves lunch, check the list again, take their belongings and go out to the bus. I mean, it was the most amazing, astonishing family dynamic I'd ever seen. And when I insisted this would never work in my house, uh, they told me I was wrong. And sure enough, when we put a morning list in our house, we've been doing it now for, I think, seven years, it cut down on parental screaming in half, like in, in a week, because you're giving your kids sort of more responsibility. And by the way, a lot of people do these lists, but then they check it off. Again, you want your ch kids to check it off. You want your kids to, to take more responsibility for their own behavior because 
as a parent, you can force your kids around. Maybe that'll work once or twice or maybe for six months. In the long run, it's not going to work. You want your kid, when your kid is 15, and deciding whether to get in the car with a drunk driver or have unprotected sex or try drugs or whatever, you want them to have experience making decisions, and you want to start that when they're young and the stakes are a lot lower. Gotcha. But really the key is this family meeting. We do a family meeting now. We do it every Sunday night. We ask three questions. It comes directly from this world of, of Agile. What worked well in our family this week? What didn't work well in our family this week? And what can we work on in the week ahead? And you have these conversations. Everybody's putting ideas out, and then you basically pick a couple of things you're going to work on, and you let your kids join the conversation about sort of setting their own rewards and punishments. So, again, it's not coming from you, but it's more coming from them, which is ultimately what you want, because now we know that builds up their brains, and it gives them practice making the decisions they're going to need later on. That's fantastic. Actually, we've implemented those three questions into our weekly family meeting as well, with, even with our four-year-old. And he's, I mean, you know, he's only four, um, but he's taken to it. Like he's giving an input and then he has like his little list that he does in the morning is supposed to do. And then he loves it. Like he eats it up. Like, I don't, it's, it's crazy. So how old are your kids now that one of them's four? Yeah, one of them's uh, four and the other one's one. Uh-huh. So that's what we, we've well, been, what's we, great is it worked when you started when they're young. Okay. The advantage of starting when they're young is they'll just all know this is how it works in our family. Right. So we, we are going to talk about what it means to be part of the family. Okay. Um, the, when they're young, you're still making most of the decisions. Ironic, the older they get, and sort of ironically, even when they get to be teenagers, which is in some ways when they're going to be the most resistant, it's actually when you need it the most. Because then you have less control over their schedules. You, you know, suddenly they're getting input. Oh, my gosh. What, ha- what tends to happen is, right, they, you know, people say to me, oh, I'll never get my 12-year-old to come to a meeting like this. And I say, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be Thursday night. It's going to be 1030. You're going to be flossing your teeth. You know, your, 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 your partner, your spouse is going to be checking with grandma about who's getting to the eye doctor tomorrow. You're going to be trying to balance your checkbook and sort of figure out, do you have enough milk to get through the weekend? And then your teenager is going to come to you and say, oh, by the way, um, I got to be at Johnny's house or Susie's house after my curfew on Saturday and I need $20. You know, can you take me? And if you say, and they're going to come to you at the most vulnerable time, and kids are amazing about this, and, and, and you're going to give them the 20 bucks and say, sure, because you've got to finish flossing your teeth and balancing your checkbook. But if you say to them, well, actually, why don't we do it at the family meeting on Saturday morning or Friday night or Sunday night or whenever it is, they're going to be the first person there. And that's the point. You just cannot be changing what you do at all times because you cannot function. You have to say, this is how we do it as a family. We need total buy-in. Let's all sit down when we're calmer, and we'll try to figure out what's going to go on the week ahead. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. 
So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. If you're like my family, we're getting to the busy part of the year. Spring sports are happening, a lot of after-school activities. So sometimes planning and cooking dinner, just don't have time for that. That's where Factor Meals comes in. With Factor, you get fresh, never-frozen meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, you get restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. It's also less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious. So we've been using Factory Meals in the McKay household for a while now. There's a lot of reasons why we like them. First off, the food tastes great. Last week, I had creamy pesto pork chop with spinach, cauliflower, rice, roasted green beans. Tasted fantastic. But the big selling point, it's easy. There's no cooking. There's no cleaning up. It's great for those nights when you're busy and you don't have much time uh, to to take care of dinner and you don't want to do takeout because you feel gross after takeout. If you'd like to try Factory Meals, head to factorymeals.com slash manliness50 and use code MANLINESS50 to get 50% off. That's code MANLINESS50 at factormeals.com slash MANLINESS50 to get 50% off. Check it out today and make sure to check out the creamy pesto pork chop. It's really good. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of known in negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. Very good. All right. So another um, sort of idea you took from the world of business 
um, is this idea of a family mission statement. And we've written about family creating a family mission statement on the site. And whenever, when we did, we always got this pushback that like, Oh, that's too corporate. And like, you know, that you, you can't do that with a family. Uh, what's your response to folks who say like, you shouldn't have a family mission statement because it's too corporate. First of all, I was you. I agree. I mean, when I first heard this idea, I was like, well, not only is it corporate, it also sounds cold and frankly, corny. Now, Look, I'm corny, and I know enough about what you guys to do to, to know you guys got a corny streak, too. So mm-hmm. I don't mind being corny. I used to be a circus clown, so I'm all for corny. I like country music and corny, and I, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I write about that kind of stuff. But So here's the thing that somebody asked me that caught me up short and that changed my mind. Can, and, and I would say to any person who asks this question, can you tell me, can your kids tell me what values are most important to you, the parents? If I went to your kids and I said, well, what is the most important thing to your family? What would your kids say? You know, could they say what's important to you? I mean, values. We all talk about teaching values, right? The 24-7 world. Do we want our kids to learn our values from television or from, God God forbid, from Facebook or the Internet or movies? We want to teach our kids values. Have you had a conversation with your kids about values? Um, Or are you expecting them to somehow divine it or to sort of by osmosis to kind of just figure it out? See, here's one of my main, I mean, I have to say, this is sort of one of my main soapboxes. Like, if you take one thing from this conversation, it's sort of this. And that is, we all know today that we have to work on our jobs if we want to get better at them. We know we have to work on our hobbies if we want to get better at those, right? Our tennis game is not going to get better, or our garden is not going to get greener, or our mile is not going to get faster, or whatever it is, if we don't work at it. We also know we have to work on our bodies. I mean, I mean, gosh knows, in the, man, in the man space, right, you know, sort of taking care of your body, so much bigger now than that was even 15 years ago. We know we even have to work on our relationships, and if we don't know, the other person in the relationship tells us all the darn time. But why is it that we keep putting our family to the back of that line? We just sort of think our families are going to work, are going to just function without us doing anything about it. Well, guess what? You know, what we know now is if you take small steps – you can make your family happier, and you can make everybody in your family happier. And so this is a great thing. If my wife were here, she would say, of all the hundreds of things we tried in the last five years, and we're still trying, this has been one of the top three things. We set everybody down. We actually had, we made our kids, so we want to have a special occasion on a Saturday night. Like, we want a pajama party. We want mom and dad to get in pajamas. I don't really sleep in pajamas, frankly, but I got these striped pajamas from the bottom of my drawer that my kids gave me once. We made popcorn, because my kids had never... Uh, Jiffy Pop, because they thought popcorn came from a movie theater. <laughs> so we made popcorn. My wife brought a flip chart home from work because I work at home and I don't have flip charts. And we had this incredible conversation. So we started with this list of values. As you, as you know, I put it in the Secrets of Happy Families. But basically, we just had a series of questions. Hey, kids, what do you like about our family? What, you know, when you go to school, you know, what do you miss? Uh, when you bring a friend over, what are you most proud when you come to our house? And let's just start talking about it. And we ended up with a list. We had, it was not really words in our case. It was sort of a series of things that, that mom and dad have or the kids have. You know, my wife has a line. I don't like dilemmas. I like solutions. That's on the list, right? We like to travel. Cause, uh, so one of our lists is we're travelers, not tourists. And we made this list. We, 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 you know, we got it pr- you know, printed up. Uh, we typed it up. We put it that hangs in the dining room. Do we worship it every morning? You know, do we sit there and burn candles and do, you know, dance kumbaya around it? Hell no. But it's there, 
And when we got a call from one of the teachers that my kids got into a, one of my daughters got into a spat at school, and we're like, well, we didn't know what to do. We went to school. We got a little talking to, and we thought, well, what do we have to do? I mean, this is, again, one of my kind of messages to, to parents, especially to dads, is we don't have to know all the answers, and guess what? You ain't going to know all the answers. And for men, you know, it's our, we want to be Mr. Fixer. We want to be the problem solver. So we decided we call my daughter in my office, my wife. My wife my wife runs an organization in twenty five countries. She's got two hundred and fifty people working for her. She's a strong woman. She was sort of stammering through this cover like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she didn't know what to do. She doesn't really like discipline. And so finally this flip chart was still on the wall of my office and she says to one of my daughters, So anything up there seemed to apply? And my daughter looks down and she says, We bring people together? Kinda of like that, right? And boom, we had a way into the conversation. So the point is, look, we know from positive psychology, we know from all this research, you cannot get better without a plan. You can't run a marathon without a plan or a triathlon, right? You can't uh, start a business without a plan. You can't bake a cake without a recipe. This is your best possible self. It's saying this is the family we want to be. You're not going to be that most of the time. Certainly we're not, but articulating it can be an extremely powerful and long-lasting thing. I love the idea of uh, investing in your family like you would your your business or yourself or your health or whatever. That's right. We, we know we, we, sibling, it's about sibling. we know that some siblings fight a lot, right? Seven, eight times an hour uh, for kids six to ten. Why do they do that? The research is very clear because they take one another for granted because they know they have no choice, and that's sort of it. We we sort of think, oh, you know. I got to deal with my boss. I got to deal with my mother. I got to deal with my neighbor. I got to deal with all this other stuff. My, you know, my fantasy football league, whatever it is. Um, and you just keep putting your family to the end of the list. And yet we know that nothing, the most important thing in our happiness is other, is our, is our relationships with other people. And the family is the relationship that matters most. And we keep spending the least amount of time working on it. Okay. So, uh, you hit this point because, I thought it was great because you read any like magazine article or website or blog post. And like, they always say that if you want a strong family, you have to eat family dinner together. Like that, oh, yeah, yeah, the sure. secret of the, if you do that, your kids are going to like not do drugs. They're going to be straight A students and everything's going to be amazing. Uh, but your research and your, what you found is a little more nuanced than that. Um, what role do, does family dinner or family meals play in creating a fa- happy family? Okay, so nothing has been more studied than family dinner. Right? Tens of thousands have been videotaped, audiotaped, logged, analyzed, ever you know, um, and like has been counted and you know, parsed. And this is what we know. Uh, there's only 10 minutes of productive conversation in any mealtime. The rest is taken up with take your elbows off the table and pass the ketchup. Now, that has value and that's important, but the, the main message here is that the 10 minutes that the family time is what's important. If you can do it at a meal time, fantastic. Congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. Go sit down and have family meals. But it doesn't work in many of our schedules, particularly when kids are young. When my kids were young, we used to have to have to have them. They used to have to go to bed at 7, right, or 7.30. And my wife didn't even get home till 6.30. So they had to be bathed in bed, bathed in bed, bathed and fed, or it didn't work. Um, so it just simply doesn't work. Americans rank 33 out of 34 countries, 35 countries on the UN study of families that do this. Okay. A third of us simply are not doing it. You don't have to kill yourself and, and, and say, you know, confine yourself to doom if you can't. The point is find time to have the family time. 
I interviewed a chef. He works at night. He's never home at dinner. So we said, you know what? Family breakfast is going to be uh, my thing. You can have a family snack at 8.30 if your kids are older after they come home from sports practice. Even one meal a week can be effective. The point is it's, you can do it at a carpool. You can do it around a game. It's the family time and the connection that matters. Where you do it is not the most important thing. Okay. Um, so we're big fans of the Go Rec Challenge around here. I've done three of them. Um, really? We've, we, yeah. We've done giveaways with them, and uh, we just we love them. And you have a chapter about how Go Rec Challenges can help create a happy family. Uh, how can Go Rock Challenges uh, create a happy family? So let's go back to um, let's go back to my my non-list list, right? Sure. So number one is adapt all the time, and we talked a little bit about that. Number two is talk a lot, okay? And so talk a lot, not just difficult conversations, as you know. In in Secrets of Happy Families, I have a bunch of chapters on this, but talk about what it means to be part of a family, okay? So talk about your family mission statement. Talk about your family history. Talk at mealtime or carpool time or whatever it is. The third element, so it's adapt, adapt all the time, talk a lot, go out and play. Okay? We, if you focus on the positive memories, it'll make all those difficult times much easier to bear. So I went looking for how can we make family reunions and family activities and joint family time, especially in multiple generations, work. And so the military has a, a lot of ideas there, and that's what brought me to GORUCK. So what, what GORUCK is, those of you don't know, is it's a sort of extreme sport, cross-fit sort of group bonding experience. Many of them take place overnight, uh, and you take whatever it is, 15 to 30 people, and you put them through an intense bonding experience, and you tax them very physically. The one I did was on the I did it in New York. In, in New York, it was the night before 9/11. Uh, it was basically from 8, 8 p.m. the night before, ending at Ground Zero on the morning of 9/11. So it had this, and people across the Brooklyn Bridge and swimming and doing push-ups in the in the river. But Go Rock, there's obviously there's there, there's Tough Mudder. There's any number of these sort of other ex- extreme elements out there, and you don't even have to do that. What I like is the idea of working together. You know, and I think that. That, for example, the way we do this in our family is we have two different families, right? There's my my wife's family. When we get together with them, we they, they like games and sports, so we do this sort of extreme sports thing with the kids. It's sort of like uh, they meet on Cape Cod. We call it the Cape House Challenge, and it's sort of a like a little color war or Olympics style thing where the kids compete on teams, and it gets people from different families working together. My family's a little bit different, actually. It, there's a sort of a more arts culture there. So we actually do a play, or this year we did a movie, where we get together and bring, again, it gets the cousins together, it gets the aunts and uncles from different generations, it gets the grandparents involved. What I think the Go Rock offers, all these things offer, is the, the Go Rock image that I like is the log. I don't. You said you've done three. I don't yeah. know if you've had logs in yours, but yeah. the idea that halfway through you find a big obstacle. It might be a TV, it might be a bed, it might be a log. And then the entire group, you can't move the log from point A to point L, wherever they make you take it, for 90 minutes unless you swap, come up with a plan, come up with a way of working together. You need a log. You need a common enemy that will bond people together. And uh, you do that on your family vacation, you'll make the connections that you're lacking during the rest of the year. And it will get people over from fighting, of, oh, you like breakfast early, and you like Bessick Lane, and you left the wet towels in the bathroom. This kind of an extreme thing will create the positive memories that can last you for a long time. Fantastic. So you've mentioned three things on your list. There's six, right? So there's talk all the time, 
there's only three. I mean, there's only those are the three. Okay. There's subsets, but there's only but there's three big ones. Those are the three big ones. So it's uh, adapt, adapt all the time. Talk, talk a lot, and get out and play. Yep, get out and play. Go out and play. Awesome. Well, Bruce, we're, our time is running up. This has been a fantastic um, conversation. Uh, where can people go to find out more about your work? So if you go to uh, BruceFiler.com, that's F-E-I-L-E-R, BruceFiler.com, you'll see there's lots of stuff there. There's a little toolkit. Uh, there's links to videos. As you know, I gave a TED Talk on how to make your family happier that uh, is uh, just about to reach a million views. Um, you know, I talk a lot around the country. I write a New York Times column, sort of BruceFiler.com or my uh, Facebook page, which is Facebook. It's Bruce Filer Author, or you can follow me on Twitter at Bruce Filer. Uh, I'm out there sort of talking about these things and, you know, I especially talk about dads a lot because I think that's a sort of new dimension of this whole thing, but, you know, reach out, let's keep the conversation going. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, if you're a dad or plan on being a dad, I definitely recommend picking up the secrets of happy families. It's fantastic. You'll great. Some you'll get, there's like some awesome, just concrete takeaways. You'll be able to apply right away. So go out and pick it up. Thank you very much, Bruce. Our guest today was Bruce Feiler. Bruce is the author of the book, The Secrets of Happy Families, and you can find that on Amazon.com. And I recommend if you're a dad, go get this book. It's fantastic. It's I've taken a lot from that book and applied it in my own family. And you can find out more information about Bruce's work at BruceFeiler.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy the podcast and you feel like you've gotten something out of it, I'd really appreciate it if you would go and give us a review. doesn't matter what it is. Um, give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever else you use to listen to the podcast. And until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. Stay manly.